Crucifying Jesus didn't work out quite like the religious leaders anticipated. Will they be able to stifle this new movement? They'll certainly try. You're listening to The Bible Brief. After that amazing day, the church had some things to figure out. They went from a close group where everyone knew each other to a community of 3,000, all there in the city of Jerusalem. They had to figure out what life was like now that Jesus was in heaven, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were to spread the gospel to all nations of the world. Not only that, but many of these new believers were exposed to new risks in life. For fear of the Jewish religious leadership, it's likely that at least several of them were immediately homeless and disowned, while many others having to change occupations or professions due to their belief in Jesus. Their work networks may have collapsed overnight, and they found themselves isolated and alone. Well, alone except for the other 3,000 people along with them. It's in the midst of this turmoil in their lives and with their new hope in Jesus that they looked to the apostles. Now, apostle is a new word for us on this podcast, and it literally means this, someone who is sent out. But it's important to note that the apostles in the early church were exclusively those who had seen Jesus risen from the dead and had been directly commissioned by him for proclamation of the gospel. That is, they weren't just sent out ones, but particular sent out ones. The apostles then were essentially limited to the twelve disciples of Jesus, with the betrayer Judas having been replaced by another man. These twelve apostles were the Messiah-commissioned authority in the early church, and it was with their leadership that many of the difficulties of the early church were dealt with. Further, it was by their teaching that many came to faith in Jesus. Listen to this short account of the fellowship within the early church. It says this in the book of Acts, chapter 2, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Imagine being in that community for a moment, hearing from the apostles about their experiences with Jesus, seeing their faces light up when a memory popped into their minds, maybe even seeing some aha moments when they finally understood something that Jesus had said a year or two prior. Not only that, but in that community you were witnessing the power of the Holy Spirit. These apostles were doing miracles like Jesus had done. These mobile temples of worship to the true God were showing the city of Jerusalem that God was doing a new thing. His presence was no longer in the holiest place of the big temple in the middle of Jerusalem. No, God's presence was now in people, making them holy from the inside out. And God was demonstrating His approval of the message of the apostles by giving them miraculous gifts to heal. And God's power to heal was demonstrated over and over again. Listen to this. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, so that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. 
The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This was quite a time to be a Christian. Life may have been difficult. There may have been new risks and hardships. But it was amazing to daily see the power of God at work among the people of Jerusalem. But soon, despite these amazing events, the hardships begin to worsen. The religious leadership of Jerusalem did not like what was happening. Their hold on the people was loosening. After all, they'd heard that Jesus rose from the dead, and now they were seeing his followers do miracles and healings. These leaders were used to being the top of the social and religious hierarchy for the Jews. They were used to being the only authorities with the only opinions that mattered. But now, there were these fishermen from Galilee and others who the people were beginning to listen to by the thousands. These so-called apostles had to be stopped. And so the religious leaders began a persecution campaign. And eventually they tossed the apostles in prison. But that doesn't really work out well for them. Almost immediately, God sends one of his heavenly messengers, called angels, to let them out of prison. And the apostles begin preaching the gospel again immediately. Perplexed and frustrated, the priests decide to bring the disciples before them again. And this time, they get a sense of the resolve of the apostles. Listen to this. And when they had brought the apostles before them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name of Jesus. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When the priests heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But one of the elders of the council stopped them. He warned them that there was a chance that the priests were actually acting against God. He recommended letting the apostles alone, so that perhaps this new Jesus movement might just die out on its own. This older man had seen these movements come and go and thought, this movement was probably like any other that would just fizzle over time. And it says this, So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then the apostles left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Messiah is Jesus. And then we read that, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Yes, even some of the priests come to faith in Jesus. Despite many of the priests hoping that this movement would die out, they began to see some of their colleagues join the apostles in believing that Jesus is the Messiah. You can imagine the resistant priests growing even more frustrated. Well, the church continues to grow and grow. So much so that the apostles have to assign some people to ensure that the shared resources that people are bringing into the community are actually distributed according to the people's needs. And they end up appointing some men to serve in this distribution capacity. One of these men was Stephen. And Stephen is described as being full of faith, full of grace, full of power, and full of the Holy Spirit. 
someone who God was using in this burgeoning church. Well, from outside the church, some Jews from a particular sect begin to accuse Stephen of blasphemy against God and against the law that God had given the nation through Moses. And these accusations land Stephen right where the apostles were before, in front of the council of the priests. And the high priest, having heard the accusations against Stephen, simply asks him, Are these things so? And well, rather than a simple yes or no, Stephen tells them a story. He responds with a magnificent and lengthy sermon containing the history of the Israelites, from Abraham through Moses through David, and finally ending at the prophets who had announced details about the coming of the Messiah. But this great sermon abruptly ends with a striking rebuke against the Jews that he is facing. He says this, You stiff-necked people, you always resist the Holy Spirit, just as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Abruptly and briefly, he calls them betrayers, murderers, and lawbreakers. And abruptly, they are livid. It says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at Stephen. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. And then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then Stephen dies, right there, being stoned to death. Stephen becomes the first martyr of the church, not crucified like Jesus, but stoned to death with the same result, condemned in jealousy and in rage because of his message of offense to his hearers, condemned for the truth. The priests liked to think of themselves as the most righteous among people, those who revered the law and honored God and kept their hands clean. They didn't like hearing that they were murderers or lawbreakers. Their pride couldn't handle Stephen's rebuke, and they did what they did to Jesus. They kill him. Ironically, they prove his accusations by murdering him soon after he calls them murderers. And it's at this awful scene of the stoning of Stephen this first martyr of the church, that were introduced to a man who has a lasting impact on the Bible and on the church. A man who was actually assisting in the proceeding, who was holding the coats of the men who stoned Stephen to death. A man who would quickly become one of the greatest enemies of the church. Join us next time as we meet Saul, the enemy of God's church. For now. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Do you have a question about the Bible? It could be featured on a future show. You can submit a question by going to our website, BibleLiteracyFoundation.com, and clicking on the podcast page. There you can submit a text or audio question. We'd love to hear from you. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.